can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole And welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Trudy Hammer. And um, we're coming at you live and in color one more time. Uh, Before we get into the episode, we do want you to know that if you're looking at ways to keep a hold on us during this holiday season, as we wrap up our holiday run of movies you requested and we acquiesced, um, we um, can be found on Instagram. We can even be found on Facebook at Movies We Missed in both instances. Um, We have deactivated our Twitter, but I must reveal to you that Jane is currently looking up a hashtag that we saw that was trending and we were trying to get to the bottom (laughs) of. um, Hashtag She's 35. And we were just curious, like, why it was making the rounds. Um, Jane's an award-winning sleuth. Um, Oh, I see what it is. It is because um, AOC is turning 35, and that means that she is in um, October of 2023. Or Will be old enough 20- to run for president? Exactly. Which, like, oh. would be incredible, but I don't think that the world would vote for her at this point. I mean, I would love that, but, you know. Oh, there we go. Now I got it. Yeah. I was I was like who I, I mean you never know when there's something weird trending on Twitter you're like did someone like pass away who's only 35 like you know I, just, I thought that I, somebody had found maybe like a photo of you from 2002 excuse me how fucking dare you <laughs> and I was like whoa that's not yes she was she was 35 in that picture. She was, but... she was 35 a lot more recently than 2002, ladies and gentlemen. You okay? tell him. You tell him. She, she was 35 like two and a half years ago, okay? Sure. So speaking of stories um, that we tell, um, we have a holiday movie um, that Janie mm. gave me. It's a classic, um, some might it, say. Um, it, I, I certainly would call it a classic. It's classic according to to some people. Um, If you've Mm -hmm. ever wondered what like what Stockholm Syndrome looks like in a in a cinematic uh, context, um, given like a Hallmark treatment. Right. Uh, through um, the lens, it's 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 through the lens of ABC Family. So yeah, 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 yeah. It often is. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. um, they were like, you know what? We haven't contributed anything um, from a film from a filmographic standpoint to the canon of films that document um, Stockholm Syndrome. So like, uh, somebody mm-hmm. call up MJH. Somebody call up ML. Took me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> former I was like, are child you stars. Yeah, both former child stars, both you know, all grown s- up in this case, seamlessly moved into adulthood stardom. And I won't. And I won't. Do you have any um, objections to that statement, Brandon? Because you did. I'm not going to. Tr- no, I didn't. You did, baby. You did. No, I didn't. Um, I'm not going to. I can't that at wait all. until we get video of this podcast out, so you can't hide behind the audio anymore. I don't hide behind the audio, Mama. 
Famously, I don't. Just like I don't in just like I don't in the studio. You're the one who's always trying to get the the T pain treatment when we get behind a microphone. Um, and it's time to lay the vocals down. Obviously, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to hit what's trending, and that auto tune moment is still popping off, and it is about to be 2023, and T Pain left a mark on this world that is still rippling. You know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. When we got in the studio, we were doing that Mariah Carey's greatest hits, and let's just say that Jane belonged to never. Okay, because the <laughs> vocals were not there. Um, Honey, I was flying like a butterfly. And I was, it was, every, I was everybody's, everybody's dream lover in that moment when I was hitting those notes. Well, she's once again living the fantasy. And I mean, <laughs> you know what? If you want to get that illusion going, then make it happen. Um, Honey! You know what? I would give my all, okay? All? okay. To have just one honest conversation with you. Why are you so obsessed with me? You know what? It's like you're it's, with you. It's like offline. It's always be my baby. Always be my baby. But here it's like, let me tear you apart from limb to limb when we're recording. You know what? I had a vision of love and you mm. were not present in that fantasy. But love takes time, you know, and that's the thing that I I know. Well, and... for me, it's just it's it's just emotions. And, and that is <laughs> absolutely the thing that is leading the charge here with you because we can't be real to see you get sued all i can mm -hmm. say that if you look is if you look over at the mm -hmm. plaintiff area i'll be there because i mean i'm i'm looking to see you taken down okay and uh, some people say it won't but there can be miracles when you believe future uh, um it's just like <laughs> uh, uh, i i'm like trying to think of, oh what's the voice that one he does oh one sweet day Oh, one sweet day, damn it! I was like, what? I was like, it was like on the tip of my fucking tongue, uh, tongue, tongue, yeah. on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> on the tip of your tums. Once again, revealing her age, she's repping tums. Oh, I'm at like tum tum, like tummy. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I thought that's. You were I was like, going younger, is... like baby, like on the tip of my tum. Yeah. Okay, you can have that. <laughs> that's why I did the baby voice. I didn't want you to think I was just throwing out baby voice for baby voice's sake. Um. So we're gonna go ahead and move into the movie. Um. <laughs> this week, um, we, we have a movie starring watched... two big stars, two A-listers. It's called Holiday in Handcuffs, and it is a classic. It is a someone's. I, I would like to. I, I would say it's probably a cult classic. Like I feel like a lot of people our age in the millennial in the millennium area, millennial area. Why can't I fucking speak today? It's really... never can. This isn't new. <laughs> they love this movie. It's like one of. I feel like it's one of the like most ridiculous um, holiday movies. It's good. And within messy. the aughts, it's good and messy, and so. Uh, this was I said before in the end of the last episode. This was the first movie I wanted to choose for a holiday, um, for a holiday picks, but it wasn't available yet when we first started doing. It this, took so. like a moment, and even once I started looking for it, uh, it took a second to find it. Thanks a lot, um, Amazon Prime, for being where I did locate it. Um, yeah, but it was it, it took me a second when I was trying to stream it. I was trying to find it, and it was not showing up for a minute. I was really relieved to see that Prime had gotten their hands on it. 
Yeah, free on Prime if you guys want to watch it. For, um, I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <this> <laughs> who knows when this comes out? Who's any idea? But um, if I have, I have just a short synopsis that I've written up. It actually is just a, a short and sweet one because um, you know I thought <laughs> it's sort of you know easy to explain what goes on in okay. this one. You you go for it, girl. <clears throat> If you thought holiday magic and a total dissociative breakdown don't go together, then you haven't seen this week's movie. We meet our heroine, Trudy, on the morning of December 23rd. She lives in disarray in a surprisingly large loft in a city we never quite get the name of. She's rushing this morning to make it to a job interview set up by her father for a sales position she does not want. It becomes clear that pleasing her parents is the name of Trudy's game, and it's been a lifetime of losing for our girl. You see, Trudy longs to be a painter. Right now, she's not making much progress in the art world, but she's making ends meet by working at Taj's Diner, slinging hash browns and sassy one-liners. Her parents are not impressed. This Christmas, she hopes it'll be different. She plans to ace the job interview, work a quick shift at the diner, snag her new boyfriend, Nick, who's agreed to accompany her to celebrate Christmas at the cabin her parents have rented, and impress her whole family. There's only one small issue. She completely cocks it all up. She's late to the interview due to a fender bender. When the interviewer refuses to see her, she tries to storm her way in. Needless to say, she doesn't get the job. When she gets to the diner, her boyfriend Nick shows up and drops the bomb that he's skipping her family Christmas. He admits that he only agreed to come so she'd sleep with him. <laughs> what a guy. At the same time, Trudy is being dumped by Nick, David Martin a handsome, successful-looking guy in a suit enters the diner. He sat in Trudy's section, and he looks just like the kind of guy Trudy's parents would go gaga over. He's there to propose to his longtime girlfriend, Jessica. Trudy, reeling from disappointment after disappointment, enters what can only be described as a fugue state. She's decided to grab the decorative 17th-century gun that is displayed at the diner and point it at David, forcing him into her car. She blindfolds him and ties his hands up with pantyhose, and it's off to the country they go. Together, they're headed to Trudy's family Christmas celebration, way up in the middle of woods where no one can hear David scream. Trudy instructs him that he'll now go by Nick and have to pretend to be her big shot boyfriend just until the holidays are over. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Will David ever break free from this life-threatening fun featured on ABC Family? Will Trudy ever gain her parents' respect on her own? Will a weird Christmas miracle take place where David suffers from intense Stockholm Syndrome and falls in love with Trudy, even though she needs serious psychological intervention? Find out in 2007's Holiday in Handcuffs. Hey, 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 that was right to the point. There's a lot of questions that you know, Jane bravely pondered in that scenario. Mm -hmm. And a lot of questions that I found myself uh, routinely turning to David, my my partner in crime, mm -hmm. um, my business partner, my partner in life, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and 
I asking him. We were both just like, huh, this looks like uh, a we, 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 we were pondering. I think I'm not actually 100% sure of what Dave's relationship is to this movie. Um, it was it was kind of unclear. It seemed like he knew of the movie. I'm not sure if he'd ever seen it or maybe he'd seen it sort of like in passing, but never really like done a dedicated viewing. He's nodding his head uh, vigorously. He didn't. He had not emphatically, not vigorously, whatever. But and he had seen it before. Shaking, shaking his head, not nodding his head. Dave. Oh, you're right. Sorry, shaking not his head. Seen the movie, but he wants that on the record. He's. He has not seen the movie until he met me and I forced him to watch it 10 years later. He's okay. He's shaking his head. <laughs> at this point, it seems like it may not have anything to do with a podcast. He's frothing at the mouth as well. <laughs> yeah, um, he is also screaming bitch, but his mic is off so we can't hear him. But I can read Yeah, books. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of my assistant, Espadrill, and see if she can come through really quick and make sure that everything's okay. And um, I hope that she can, because she sounds like a shoe. Well, something's afoot with Espadrill. Um, so <laughs> I'll see if I can figure out what's going on. I hate yeah. you. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. I love you. Um, so, yeah, so we watched this movie on uh, shock and horror and confusion. Um, <laughs> it was... It, we kept... At a certain point, we were like... I don't understand when the turn is going to happen that could undo like the egregious like betrayals that have taken place. That's um, the whole thing throughout the whole movie. I kept being like, not enough, not enough, not enough to make me fall in love with someone who's kidnapped me at gunpoint. No. And like I said, at the end of the movie, I literally, I said to Dave, it was like, I feel like there, like, this isn't, we're not starting on solid ground here in terms of, no, like, no. this relationship. <laughs> There's still a lot that, like, we've sort of been chuckling about that needs to be uh, handled in, like, a controlled uh, environment. And, uh, spoiler alert, in the last scene of the movie, when they're sort of, like, falling in love, mm -hmm. David says, uh, he says to her, I lost a lot because of you. And then my Dave said, what did he lose? And I said, his sense of safety in the world. <laughs> he Because he's he, he, he lost his freedom. I mean, he was not allowed to, he was kidnapped, took, his phone was taken. No, nobody was communicating. No one would believe him. It was an a very frustrating environment for a, a kidnappy, I would assume. This movie, obviously, I don't have like box office for you, but I but this movie was released on it was a television movie. Um, and it was one of like, and it's not one of the first television movies starring like, you know, bigger names. These are obviously like former child stars and TV stars. Um, and as Jane, Jane has said uh, many times, A-listers in her mind. Mm. Um, but and you this, can't tell me different. This is uh, AC Slater and Clarissa. Slash Sabrina, so the whole way two two hit sitcoms, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and it was released on December 9th, two thousand and seven. So, uh, fifteen years ago, um, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it is uh, it is something. Also, realized during this during this viewing that I did not realize that Mario Lopez was like thirty four years old in this movie. I, I didn't realize Mario Lopez was fifty or just about about to turn fifty. Is he really? He looks yeah, he's fucking incredible. He is so good looking. And I for kind of forget that when I like watch him in like you know, he's like a host on extra or whatever. It's because Mario but Lopez is like Mario Lopez is like visually objectively like an attractive man, but like yeah. there's something that 
is so unsexy about him. I don't know what yeah. it is because he he's feels like, like <laughs> a, your parents' idea of like he feels like you're like your mom or maybe even your gay dad's like idea of what like a sexy man looks like. So he's much too, so he's too wholesome. He's too well, wholesome. Also, he's so manicured and he's like he's yes. so like it's on the nose. It's like it's not my vibe. But like I can look at him and obviously I'm like, no, Mario Lopez is what? like visually like a very like attractive man and he checks off all of like the boxes, but there's something about him. He almost seems like he seems like an idea of a person sometimes. Right. He's just so he's so pretty and he's so like conventionally attractive. Quaffed and like well manicured. And, yeah, and, yeah. That it's almost like it's almost like and smooth. It, it, it's 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 it almost like it, it like misses me. I don't know. I I I'm having trouble finding the words. But he's like almost too perfect. Or like uh, yeah, it's. I never think about Mario. I've never in my entire life, even growing up watching Saved by the Bell, I've never thought about Mario Lopez. Like oh my god, like what a what a stud. Like but I know no, people do, I, and I get why they do. You know what I mean? Like totally. I just think of him as like a supremely beautiful person in a very non-sexual way. Yes, that that's a perfect that's a perfect like summation yeah. of of old Mario Lopez in this movie. Um, it is. I would like to note that I do think it's really funny because we do this podcast and I watch like these films, and so, so often I will be watching a film and there'll be an actor that like I don't know. Or I feel like I've never seen before. Um, if you listen to our episode on Angel, which was a couple months ago, you should go listen to it. It was a fun episode. Um, mm-hmm. The 1983 film Angel. We talked about the actor in that movie who then that night I was watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote, and he was like one of the guest stars. And oh I've my God, never I forgot. Seen, and I know that like in my mind, you probably I've probably seen this actor a million times in movies, but like for whatever reason, it feels like you're seeing them for the first time. It's also the thing of like that day. Like it's like having watched. It's like Which actor watched, are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm, I was talking about Angel, that actor, but I was just saying it's, oh. also like, it's also the thing, though, of watching a movie. Like It's like the next thing that you watch after recording the podcast that actor yes. pops up in, you know, or like the next thing you watch. You watch one other thing after watching it. It's like it's not it's not shocking that you saw the actor. It's shocking that the next thing you put on the actor is in. And last night, this happened to me because I had never as I, as far as I know, I'd never seen this actress before. Gabrielle Miller, she plays Jessica in this movie. Um, she plays the the fiance of David um, that he's supposed to, you know, oh, propose yeah. to the mm-hmm. supposed fiance of David, um, who, you know, it's interrupted, obviously, when Trudy kidnaps him, but he's preparing to propose to his girlfriend. But the girlfriend is played by an actress named Gabrielle Miller. Mm. Then, of course, that night I'm watching an episode of Frasier. And that's she's like the guest star on the episode of Frasier. That's so crazy. And it was really funny to me because I'm like, I feel like I've never seen you before. Although you do have one of those faces that like you could be a lot of different people. And I guess there's a world where I'm sure I've come across you. But it's funny. It also was funny to me because all I was thinking was how like just like how inappropriate it was for her to be like Frasier's love interest. I'm just like, yeah, Kelsey Grammer, you like y'all find women that are appropriate age like they never they never will and they never they never do and they certainly didn't in the 90s and i i would argue they're not doing that right now but i did i did open up um gabrielle miller's imdb so i was like oh what i wanted to know if i'd seen her in anything well she works she works a lot but she doesn't look familiar to me but She has like a little bio, and the first sentence is Gabrielle Miller is one of Canada's most celebrated performers. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, okay. <laughs> but it's also like, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Celebrate like what is a what is a celebrated performer? What is the definition of that? Well, and I would ask that you show. You. Yeah. I want to see like any evidence. But, yeah, like. Maybe she has a lot of awards. I don't know. I don't have time to dig what, through well, they, they, well, then right after that, they should be named. <laughs> right. I think that's how you do that. If you say if you say that Meryl Streep is one of the most celebrated actresses, then you're going to follow it up by noting her 25 plus Academy Award nominations, and which we don't need because we know because it's general knowledge. But with Gabrielle, it's not general knowledge. And I'm it gonna falls sort of through the cracks, and it sort of feels like. <laughs> Somebody was up and feeling some type of way and decided, <laughs> to just I'm going to manifest it. it. <laughs> I'm writing a sentence with zero evidence to back Where's it Where's my vision board? <laughs> I've got to and speak I, it into existence, baby. I hope that's true, Gabrielle. She was great in this, you know. And she was the great, obnoxious She did a nice job on, she did a nice job on Frasier as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she did a nice job on some other stuff. Good for you. Um, but, you know, this whole thing... It, this whole movie, it's just like, it's really funny because we've got the icon, Marky Post, playing the mom. Don't I like mean. Nightcore, baby. Um, shout I, out John Larroquette, a close friend of the podcast. Of course. John, thank you for listening for so often and um, engaging with us. We really, really appreciate it. President of the fan club, famously. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jane had a guest appearance <laughs> on the Larroquette show on uh, on NBC in the 90s. She, she I did. I did. The sister I, of a John Larroquette, right? No, no, no. I played, um, I, because I was 11 at the time, I played hmm. um, his, uh, he, he went and did some work with the Boys and Girls Club. And I did, I was one of the kids in the Boys and Girls Club on the Larroquette show. Was it like a more like was it like uh like an extended sort of like sect of like the boys and girls club that had extended into like like college years? No, like, no, no, because I was eleven at the time, so it was sort of that times that what? age. Eleven times one, baby. <laughs> eleven to oh. eleven. <laughs> okay, we'll let that math just sit there for everybody. But yeah, cool. So but yeah, got- Google the Larrakat show. You can find my episode. I can't remember what episode it is, but um, I'm really proud of that work. So okay, okay. I want. That's I would nice love to people to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to find it too. Um. So yeah. So we've got a lot of. We've got a cast full of people. We've got the father, <laughs> who his the actor who plays Richard Chandler, whose name is Timothy Bottoms. Do with that what you will. Um. I'm sure the kids who in looks, school did. Who I'm sure they did, and he looks exactly like George W. Bush to me for some reason. <laughs> did you get that vibe? Dave said that. Did he really? Yes. Okay. Good. I'm. Yeah, Dave said that last night. Yeah, George W. Bush. I kept being like, who the fuck does he look like? And then he said something Republican, and I was like, oh, George W. Bush. I love he said something Republican. <laughs> he said something in the smack of right-wing rhetoric attached to it. The exactly. Unsubstantiated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very that. We have Kyle Howard playing the brother, Jake. Um, he's got a little mm-hmm. secret. We he's got a little it. secret, and he rolls it out. To very little fanfare, which actually I appreciated. I thought it was a nice moment. Oh, okay. And then we've got, which could have been like, let's normalize <laughs> this, but also could have been like, let's not talk about it. Right, exactly. I choose to see it through the lens of being like, this is great. But like, it also could just be like, under rug swept. And then we've got Vanessa Lee Evagon, who plays the role of Katie Chandler, the younger sister who always gets it right. Dave mm-hmm. is noting that he played George W. Bush. 
actor Timothy Bottoms, it's like he doesn't just look like him, baby. He played the role, okay? In That's My Bush? Is that a show? Oh, I guess it was a show in 2001. Okay, Wowza. this one for one season. I missed this one. Um, it was called <laughs> That's My Bush, apparently. It also starred Marsha Wallace, the icon, the legend, Marsha Wallace. I feel like she appeared who's, in a lot of like. Who's Marsha Wallace? Marsha Wallace, she's an actress. She played the role of Carol on the Bob Newhart show. I'm old. I'm an old person. That's where I know her from. I'm sorry, I don't know how to be young. Um, but she <laughs> and also, yet you stay roasting me for being old. Um, you know, I, it's just because I'm I have such low self esteem. Um, mm-hmm. So she played that role, and then she also was a voice actress on The Simpsons as well um, for a number of years. And so her voice will be familiar to you. Um, Who did she doubt. play in The Simpsons? Um. Oh, she Mrs. was Emma Corbapo. Corbapo. Oh, yes, full right. circle. Full Honestly, circle. like my favorite character, I think, maybe on The Simpsons. I mean, um, such a good character. So funny. Um, but yeah, she's in it. We got uh, Jim Lockhart. Don't count her out. Um, she maintains her legend status. And um, don't go looking for Mama's headstone either, because baby girl's still alive and kicking. 97 years old. Okay? Wow. She'll leave when she's good and mother tucking ready. Okay. I hate. <laughs> and, I hate that I said mother tucking. Um, we all did. We're all upset about oh it. God, I hate myself. Um, she is. She plays the mom on Lassie, and the grandma in Holiday in Handcuffs. Oh, for her. sure. Yeah, I was just yeah, naming. If you guys obviously the other, right, like right. you know. Yeah. Wasn't Lassie she, like... was on. Lassie was on for nineteen seasons. Excuse me. Whoa. Last that was on from nineteen fifty four to nineteen seventy three. God, that's crazy. So she knows what it's like to show up to a set ready to work, okay? And I'm sure when she uh-huh. got here, there were several lines that she had in the movie, and Dave was like, "Was that just the actress being like, I want to get out of here?" And it's like, maybe. I'm, I'm sure she was like, she tries to check, my, check my credentials because this, what this, which all should I sign me up for these reindeer games in this holiday movie? No, no, no. Nuh-uh, baby. Yeah, well, so... Well, she, like, tries to leave several times, and, like, um, throughout the... Like, she, like, doesn't want to be trapped in the woods. And I th- think, like... She also doesn't want to be around these people. She says multiple times, I don't want to be around you people. And yeah, everybody's really... just like, ha-ha. And it's like, <laughs> I think she's just, like, dropping, like, truths that, like maybe aren't so convenient. Shout out, Al. It's like... Oh, my God. Sorry. Did you go to high school with her? What happened? <laughs> you bitch. There is another Melissa Joan Hart, Mario Lopez Christmas movie called A Very Merry Toy Store. It's a Lifetime movie. All right. Well, we'll just. When did it come out? Uh, hold up. Let me see. Was it after this one? Yeah, definitely after this one. 2017. So 10 I'm years surprised after. That they took, unless maybe they refused. I can't. 10 years later. Because I, I can't imagine these two not coming back in 08 and like. You know, because this was, if I remember correctly, this, I i didn't see the movie, but I remember hearing about it. And I feel like it was a really big hit. So, like, Holiday I wonder, yeah, when it first yeah. was released, ratings-wise, so I'm surprised it didn't come back the following it year. It was, like, after. something, like, it, uh, it was the, the movie became the highest viewed broadcast in the history of ABC Family with wow. 6.7 million view- viewers in a, adults 18 to 49. 
we we love to see it. Uh, yeah. One of, the, one of the big plot points in this movie that I wanted to talk about uh, briefly mm-hmm. was uh, Melissa Joan Hart's hair. Uh, <laughs> okay, so she does this thing. At the beginning of the movie, she does an at-home perm with her hair, and the movie starts with her, like, her hair in these really small rollers, and she's pouring this chemical stuff on it, and then she sets a timer, but because she's so chaotic, she, like, throws a towel over that timer and doesn't hear the timer, so when she takes out her hair, eventually, like, it... It it doesn't seem like it's that much later than the timer, but I guess it's way too late for anything to be done. And her hair is an absolute disaster and like really, really small, tight curls and just like not styled at all. It looks terrible. And it's just a very strange choice. She looks like she's been electrocuted. And also like... I don't know if this is true, but didn't we learn from Legally Blonde that if you perm your hair and you get it wet within 24 hours, it doesn't stay? So wouldn't the solution to just be just to wet your hair? Here we go again. Once again, we find ourselves <laughs> in the same place. I've never seen Legally Blonde before. What? Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. Have I never we... got around to it. Have we talked about why. this? No, we haven't. Well, Dave, what was the other one yesterday that you brought up that I'd never seen before? Do you remember? I don't remember what it was. There was one yesterday that came up also that I'd never seen, and Dave was pretty shocked. Um, oh, I'm it was pretty ET. Sure, it was yeah, ET. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave texted me about um, that. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking to my partner without my fucking permission. All the time, all the time, baby. Whenever I feel like, whenever I feel like I pull out my cell phone and I contact dave how however whenever with whatever is this why i came home and i saw you in a state of undressed coming out of my bedroom wearing my robe (laughs) you with your hair tussled and like a face full of makeup and you said that you had like stepped in a puddle outside and you just come up to wash your feet off and then like you accidentally got some water on your Mm -hmm. top so you took that off Mm -hmm. because now i'm feeling Mm -hmm. like that story is and that's why you found dave crying in the bedroom is that what that was about? Yeah, he was crying in the bedroom. Listening he... to Melissa Etheridge's groundbreaking album, Yes I Am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I wondered. Mm-hmm. I didn't put the pieces together. He did some th- he did some things he was uncomfortable with. But you know what? We 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 learned and we grew. And um again, <laughs> as as Bobby Brown has taught me, it's my prerogative. Well, first of all, any sentence that starts with is Bobby Brown has taught me. <laughs> Uh, we may need to. <laughs> you might need to evaluate who, your, to... who you're learning from. <laughs> so uh, that in... did sound like I r-worded Dave. I didn't. I didn't sexually assault Dave. <laughs> okay. Um. And in speaking of consent being optional, we move back into a movie that very much seems <coughs> to believe that as well. Um. We're back in the movie oh. where now we've got Melissa Joan Hart. Um. Her hair also did not consent to whatever treatment she was trying to do to it because she's got this like it think about like a blonde sort of annie wig happening but then there's strands of like straight hair sort of interspersed into it like 
all of the hair didn't get, get didn't get like permanently curled. So it's no, like, there's some like straight like at the end. Tara's like, why are there straight bits at the end? And I just looked at her and I was like, I can't answer any questions about why her hair is doing what it's it doing is, right now. It's wild, and it's like sort of seems to set the tone for like a bunch of just like bad behavior on Trudy's <laughs> part because it's like her boyfriend comes into the diner and like it's so funny because like they didn't work script wise on like any sort of obviously it's a AC family but they don't work on any sort of development for this character because it's so confusing because like he just shows up and it's like it's like if he was putting on some performance of caring about her then like all bets are off because right. he just sort of walks in and he's so lackadaisical and he's just like i'm not going with you i just went to screw you and then i did so now i'm done so he's just an idea of a monster but he can't he's and like committed to being the monster that he's supposed to to be for the for like the functioning of this narrative if that makes sense well it's the classic hallmark movie big city boyfriend who doesn't care about her only interested in his job and money but this is like the most pared down version of that i think i've ever seen where it's just like this isn't a person so much as it's just a series of dialogue lines to like get her where she needs to go because if this is a real person this is the meanest person alive and the funniest thing about that whole interaction to me is he's like sorry babe i'm not coming to dinner i just told you what you wanted to hear to get you in bed blah 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 or i'm not coming to christmas i just told you what you wanted to hear to get you in bed and he like turns around and walk walks away and she goes if you leave here that means like it's over for us we're done and he turns around and he gives her like he's like yeah and i thought to myself didn't he just end it with you? Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a weird. It was a weird I didn't dance. think. I didn't think he thought he was like coming back after this. Like after the holidays, everything would be back on. It would be dinners and like tussling around in the sheets together. <laughs> no, he would have offered you. He would have offered you a lie if that were the case. But exactly. he's put all his cards on the table because he's no longer invested in this. And so it was a really weird hand to try and play. Um, yeah. Because it, it wasn't a hand she had. Because it wasn't I was a like, hand. you like, just got dumped. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's ended it. So cool to be the second one to do the thing that's already been done. Good for you. Uh, but yeah, okay. she didn't seem to get it. But it was my first indication that like reality was more of a suggestion for her. It's a suggested locale. Um, um, we also need to talk about, this is a little bit before this, but she's talking about this interview that she has, the her dad set up this interview with their neighbor. I think his name is Mr. Potmeyer or whatever. His name is totally unimportant. But <clears throat> she goes, Dad, I don't have any sales experience. You told him that. And she's like, and his dad's like, what do you talk? You sold him lemonade back when you were a kid. And she goes, Dad, that's when I was 10. And he called me Little Pooty. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, he called you what? <laughs> Little Pooty. <laughs> Little Pooty, Brandon. Did you hear it? Did you cock it? Did you think about it? And then when she goes to the interview and she's late and they won't let her in, she's knocking on this like the clear glass of the conference room and she's saying, Hey, Mr. Potmeyer, it's me. It's Little Pooty. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> Like if uh, if 
If my parents' friends called me Lil Pootie when I was 10, I would be calling the cops on so, them. So first Just of all, preemptively. clear, in our group of friends, Pootie means something differently than I think it means to most of the world. What? Um, no, it doesn't! I don't think it means what we think it means to everybody else. Um... So I will just put that out there. Okay. Um, but I will say that, like, yeah, it does. It does mean something particular um, in certain circles uh. um, that we are uh, a bit more familiar with. Um, it's a euphemism of a sort. But also, in addition to that, also, there's always the very famous pooter, um, which this is very much in the family of. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a pooter? A pooter something. Okay, so... Like a fart? Okay, so I refer to my computer as my pooter. Um, sometimes. Yeah, it definitely is different, and that's a... What would you think if somebody came to the room and said, uh, oh, I pooted? <laughs> I would think they farted. <laughs> also, I wouldn't be like, why are you saying it? And also, why are you coming into a room and announcing it? What were there consequences to that poot? Like, what would you say? What would you consequences of the poot? What would you say, Jane, if you were like at like uh, if you were like at work and like a coworker mm-hmm. came in and was like, "Oh my god, girl, do you have any extra britches? I pooted." <laughs> First of all, I feel like there's so many fucking words in that sentence that we got back because. I think you're asking me for an extra pair of underwear, which <laughs> I don't carry around, unfortunately, on a regular basis, because I don't regularly poop myself. <laughs> All right, weird flex, but okay. Do you do you remember that like that? It was like that. I don't remember. I don't know if it was a tweet or a meme. I'm old, but somebody <laughs> said like online. Somebody was like, "Why do we?" Like, am I the only one who packs for a like? I who packs for like? Oh a, yeah. Like a three day trip, like, like I'm gonna I shit plan, myself like ten I'm times shit every day. Yeah, and, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I have to say that I I, I agree right there with you. And mm-hmm. recently, I went on a trip, and here's what happens though sometimes with me. I want to take a shower midday on a trip. Of course, so you're walking like, around, you're sweating, yeah. you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't account for that, and I thought mm-hmm. I'm like I've been trying to do this whole pared down capsule wardrobe BS to be like you know like people, but. Um, I discovered because I didn't account for all those and it just, it gets real dicey. If you don't, if you, you know, like you really wish that you had packed 10 pairs of underwear for a five day trip. It serves its purpose. I do. I do. I always do that. I am, first of all, I'm trying hard to remedy this within myself, but I'm a very, very classic overpacker because I really like to have outfit options, but what I I have gotten better about bringing my entire wardrobe with me. However, I have not cut down on the pairs of underwear that I bring. I always bring double the amount of days, just in case. Okay, all right, queen. I most of the time I'm going home with you know a lot of clean underwear, but I'd rather have that be the scenario than run out because like nobody wants to be on vacation and be like, oh. Hold on, 
we got to stop. I have to go buy more underwear. You know what I mean? And then like, you don't, you can't find underwear you like, or you don't want to buy like drugstore underwear, you know, whatever. Like you want underwear you like to wear, you know? Not that we don't judge people that do, you know, live your no, life. No, I mean, sometimes you, you got to do what you got to do, of course, but you know, it's not the ideal scenario. But yeah, to say, you know, that, yeah, we we know what it's like. We've been there. I always bring underwear on my trip with me. Like, I always bring some of Jane's underwear with me on trips, even if Jane isn't with me on the trip. Um, and I have questioned that and sort of not really received, like, a direct answer back as to why. Um, so maybe while we're here, you could sort of explain why you like to bring my underwear with you. That's like asking the sun why it shines. You know what I mean? Um, oh, no. So we're going to go ahead on that note. We're going to go ahead and pivot. Um, we are going to think about the fact that like Trudy, <coughs> after mm-hmm. her boyfriend breaks up with her, um, mm-hmm. she is on a mission. And David, for some reason, David Martin shows up at this restaurant, the handsome debonair Mario Lopez, and is preparing to propose to his girlfriend for some reason. Um, it's and like... And he's Why like a wealthy it? dude. He's 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 coded as like a through through what he's wearing is like a wealthy dude. He's got like a trench on and like a fancy suit. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, at this like sort of like greasy spoon, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with proposing, but like what we find out about him and what we find out about his girlfriend, it is an interesting like choice that they decided instead of setting this in like a fancy restaurant to like set it in like a diner. Um, well, and I had this conversation with myself too, because I was like, why would he be proposing to her midday on December 23rd at this random diner? Yeah. And I felt like they really could have put one or two lines in the script to like explain it away, like, oh, this is where we met. Yes. Or this is this is our regular like Saturday morning, you know, diner that we like to have breakfast every morning in. And it's our sort of greasy spoon that's around the corner from our house and you know, <clears throat> we're never too but even still, that didn't really go along with his girlfriend's personality because she seemed to be sort of this like wealthy, like elitist, um, horrible person. So, exactly. but yeah, like it had to, it, like we could, it could have just been like, this is where we met and I'm proposing to my girlfriend here, or whatever. Like I would have loved to have that instead of spent time being like, why is this choice being made? It seems totally like the antithesis of these two people's personalities. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. And I think that you're right that a quick little like amended sort of like script line where we are at least made to believe that this place has some sort of sentimental value to them would have gone a long way. But especially since we're sort of still trying to figure out who he is and what his values are. But like, I mean, he's here and he's going to do it. And (laughs) Melissa is reeling. Um, to say the least, from everything that's happened with, I mean, just really her boyfriend, which was the thing that like, for her was like going to sort of like seal the deal as far as like her getting her parents approval. Which is so funny because it seemed like, I mean, it was definitely the job, but I feel like the boyfriend, like it seems like you get the idea of what her parents value and it's like security and money and like, they don't like the fact that she's a Democrat. Like they say, there's like a joke about it at one point. So like, they really want her to be like this traditional person and she's quote unquote, not. Although the thing that I think is actually really weird about this is like, 
they the story doesn't roll out the fact that she's a painter until halfway through the fucking movie so it's it's like it would be one thing like if they had like styled her apartment with a bunch of her like portraits which Mm -hmm. apparently she's really into doing and is like a talented portrait artist but you don't see that at all until halfway through the movie you just think she's a mess and you really don't know why they're so on her to like you don't know like what she wants out of her life you know but then halfway through the movie it's like i want to be a painter and i was like oh i didn't know that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they don't really they I mean her main aim as far as the first part of this movie is just getting this man to her parents' home. <laughs> yeah. And like it's like instantly we're in the parking lot. He's being held at gunpoint and then he like somehow like is knocked unconscious. I don't he slips on the ice and falls. Oh. And so that's how she's and he knocks himself out in the head. I guess. This was a really deep, intense script, and so Dave and, Dave and I were a little bit lost because there's so, of many course. And there's so much development. But, like, she's got him in the car. There's, like, a quick stop at, like, this rest stop where there's, like, an older gentleman who runs this sort of rest stop who makes the comment, like, you know, I always, I always help pretty girls pump gas, um, which I thought was really funny because it was, like, I guess the the girls that aren't being pretty can yeah, uh, get to get I was um, like who do you who how I think it's probably something he says to all the girls yeah honest. exactly he's just trying to mm-hmm. get what he can get but mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah he's in the car and it sort of begins this sort of like obviously there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in this movie but like the whole one of the main tropes <laughs> that this movie hinges on is the fact that like nobody believes this like man this like latinx man who like repeatedly attempts to like let people know that like he's being held captive and like the whole movie (laughs) hinges on like people just sort of believing there's no way that he wouldn't want to be with this like pretty white girl i guess because i know it's everything in this movie is just him being like please help me and her sort of preemptively letting people know like oh like we're he's in handcuffs because we're playing some sort of like sexy game like this is our thing um which should be like just number one sort of like red flag but like people are uh-huh. just like oh cool cool i'll play along too well um, that's the the well when she gets to her parents house she like gets out of the car and she's like oh nick's in the car he's going by nick now even though his name is david because she wants to pretend that this is her boyfriend she's like oh nick does this weird thing it's like this funny bit when he gets uncomfortable or nervous he pretends that i've kidnapped him and that you know i'm holding him against his will so just laugh it off and if my daughter walked into my home and said something like that to me i'd be like hold on that's absolutely the weirdest thing i've ever heard what are you talking about yeah i I have more your love game i have a lot more questions why does he do that? And like, he, and then when he comes in, he's like, I've been kidnapped. And then they'd laugh it off. And it's like, he is not letting up. And I would be like, okay, this dude's really committed to this bit. There's might be something a little bit extra going on here. Well, I'd be like, I want to talk to you separately from my daughter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all jokes aside, she told me this is your kink. And like, I'm not here to kink shame at all, but I need confirmation. <laughs> exactly. This, is this a, is this another one of your cute little love games, mm-hmm. or is my daughter holding you against against your will because she's so hell bent on not disappointing us and she knows that we have these very traditional values? I need you to tell me now. Game aside, right now, are you Nick? Were you kidnapped? I need to know. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Um, and I would really shake the person and just. Well, I feel like that's you having a lot more information than maybe the parents did. Just throwing that out there. You always, you're such a, you're such a Marky Post (laughs) apologist. You're such an apostogist. Um, (laughs) What? And honestly, you should be too, because what did, what did Marky Post ever fucking do to you? You're right. She did nothing. She gave me a lot of laughs and merriment during the (coughs) 80s. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the family's very much not concerned with it. It's almost like they're so happy that like she's shown up with someone that they're willing to take them however they can get them, basically. Um, So they're all fine with it. And we see like also it's like Nick also isn't clearly. Look, let me just say this. We know that like we're picking apart this insane movie that was made (laughs) to be insane. But we're still going to do our jobs. We're going to do our jobs. The thing is, is that. You know, it's so funny because <laughs> after Tara um, edited uh, A Christmas Melody, which is um, our another Christmas movie that's already been out that we did that you guys can um, listen to after this one if you haven't listened to it yet, starring Mariah Carey, great episode. <laughs> she comes out of the room. She's been editing that episode and she goes, you guys took that movie so fucking seriously. <laughs> and I was like, this is our goddamn job, Tara. This is we... what we do. We tear movies apart. We pick apart the pieces and then we put them back together, okay? It doesn't mean we don't love them. We just are here to ask questions. These are also the questions that we ask each other when we're not doing the podcast. We're just broadcasting <laughs> it for all of you. So, exactly. so like, yeah. just strap in, okay? Um, yeah. But with that being said, I thought that it was really funny, like, because it's like this David slash Nick character, he's not really trying, like, that hard, that consistently. He's not. If it was me, like, I would have tried a lot harder than this. It's like he's still, it's like she doesn't really have a lot over him because you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, even with you sort of, like, making the statement of, like, you know, you're here, you're going here, one of her big sort of, like, I guess what her her sort of, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, trump card, is the fact that, like, you're going to be here in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to have access to a cell phone. Like, if you were to leave, like, you would be leaving and going out into, like, a really sort of, like, hostile, like, environment in terms of weather. It's snowing. You're in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are you going to do other than sort of, like, give in to my request? But it's, like, there's a lot of in-between between, like, you, like, choosing to engage in this ruse and mm-hmm. you, like, you know, pushing back against it. And I feel like <laughs> she sort of sets up this weird, like, binary of, like, you either do the thing or you don't do the thing. But, like, if you don't do the thing, then, like, you're going to, then, like, you will die or, like, you you're know, you'll fucked. Be- and it's like, what if I just go in your house and I just go sit in the corner and, like, you know what I mean? And refuse to respond to anyone. What if I don't sit peacefully at dinner? You know what I right. mean? Because it's like, yeah, you exactly. are engaging and playing the game in a way that, like, well, because at a certain point, he decides to play the game fully. And we should explain, there's like a couple of like <clears throat> um, rules the Chandler family has for their Christmas that um, really, really um, 
align well with this whole kidnapping kidnapping scenario for Trudy. So they do this thing every year where there's a key master and that person holds on all holds on to all the car keys and the cell phones so that nobody has access to leave or make a phone call so that they can all spend quality family time together which it's so fucking weird. Like, you need to hold your family hostage, which I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is not that weird that fucking Trudy is a kidnapper at this point. Um, but well, also, like, you like being like, let's put our keys out, let's like all agree and like put our keys in like a basket and our, right. like, our phones in a basket. Like, that's one thing, but like, us just, but being, like, like making it a rule. Like, the thing is, too, like, if I were um david the kidnapped guy i would plead in front of the whole family i'd be like hey i know you guys have this rule about not making phone calls but my grandmother's sick and i really need to call and check in like can i use one of your cell phones to make a call and if anybody like if she tried to say no to that you know what i mean like she would look like a horrible person in front of her family you know what i mean like there's just so many there's so many things he could have done in order to like get out access to the outside there's a lot of like there's a lot of like anytime anybody try like he tries to get his hands on a phone she like intervenes but not in like not in like an overly aggressive way like not in a way that he couldn't push back more like but she'll just be like no 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 like she has her cell Mm -hmm. phone that she's not supposed to have there's a moment with her mother in the kitchen where like he he like he reveals that she's still got a cell phone in hopes of being able to get his hands on it and like it, she proceeds to basically smash the phone with a mallet in order to like keep it out of his grasp. <laughs> it's like it's so. Here's the thing: at a certain point, look, let's just be honest, okay? At a certain point, she would have gotten punched in the face. Okay, it just is what it is. It's what it is. Is I would have. You have to do what you have to do to survive to get out of that situation. I would have pulled her hair. I would have spit in her face. I would have gouged them eyes out. It would have either been that. <laughs> or I would have gotten or I'd have told her sister something to make her sister go light her up. Like <laughs> and use that as a, as a she, I would have been like, yeah, she told me about she has sex with, you know, all your boyfriends and stuff, and like just <laughs> laughed at the thought of you like finding out about it. Like she said your bedroom game <laughs> was laughable. Um, oh my god. Wait, that just made me think of one of the lines the father said. Did you like when he first meets Nick or Nick slash David? And the father, like, she was, she made a joke to me, like, my dad thinks I'm a lesbian or whatever. And he meets Nick, Nick or David, Mario Lopez, and he goes, We thought maybe she liked the innies and not the outies. Oh, <laughs> I miss that. I, hate I that. scraped. <laughs> I also like I hate that because I just ugh, I hate like anybody's dad like talking about which is always the, like, like which that. Is always the thing with like homophobic parents like talking about like their kids like anything because it's like none of this should be like discussed. well you reduce it down to like this one sexual thing and it's like gross I don't want to talk about any kind of sex with my parents why do I have to talk about this you know what I mean yeah, it's like it's no it's like oh my god to think about like my son like you know boofing like you know his <laughs> trainer Chad and it's like oh to think about like your daughter going to pound town with Greg isn't a problem for you that <laughs> right, thought like, just sort of sits in your head like 
<laughs> and like, you love that un- unbothered that that's good you sleep you sleep well at night thinking <laughs> about that that heterosexual sex like why are you it's- picturing your children getting railed that's yeah, a why problem. are you thinking about your children's engagement with Innies or Audis? So, <laughs> so also, that tells you all you need to know about her father's like sexual understanding. Um, right. Just like whispering in her mom's ear, like, "Am I gonna get to see your Audi tonight?" Oh, I'm sorry, your Innie. I don't know. Um, <laughs> hey, you never know. You never. You know. never know, and we love it all here. Okay. We um, love Innies, Audis, and in betweenies. <laughs> So anyway, um, this whole, so this becomes like a huge plot point. This whole like mallet. Oh, I'm so sorry. I made myself ill. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, So we have this back and forth that's happening. And this is one of the first times that I found myself thinking actively, like, what is the game here? Like, Mm -hmm. I was, this is one of the first times that I found myself genuinely pondering, like the things that we've been talking about earlier, like, what are we trying what are like like what are we trying to do here and like why are you being so nice because i would have literally right. just sat in the corner screaming like i would have like <laughs> no! attention on my head and been like bah, 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 bah. i would have put it on the floor i would have put it on the couch I'd be like, yep this is what you brought home put it on daddy's lap you know exactly I would have shown, yeah he would have seen my any and my out because i would have been like we're we're all going to pooterville tonight baby because i'm gonna ruin these cushions until somebody gives me a pair of keys and a phone i'm getting out of here and i get that when the cops showed up especially in this white ass house they saw my black ass on the couch Putin, i probably would have gone to jail still but gone to jail i hope i i hope <laughs> with these cops in these streets we know that, these cops that's that apparently a... like jurisdictions are just like a suggestion because we, they're moving <laughs> through them baby it's the same cops in the city that are investigating this missing person's case that are the, they show up at the cabin and you better I'm... believe it makes no sense because yeah. yeah i watch enough crime shows to know that you gotta hand off and absolutely in this case, abc family they said baby we're not paying for any more cops it's that mm-hmm. same one he's seeing this case through <laughs> He got he got approval from the local sheriff to make the arrest in this in this town. Okay, that's what it's like in Poolville. Get into it. Also, the whole thing. Okay, so we talked about the fact that like overpacking for vacation. This, I actually want to bring this back because one of the elements that would make me question as a mother or a father or a sibling of Trudy. Hmm, maybe this person who says they're kidnapped was actually kidnapped was the fact that he has no luggage and that's fucking weird. And he says, oh, I left it at the diner. And it's like, who forgets a fucking suitcase when you're going on vacation? And then his mother, he's like, oh, I need to call the diner. Can I use your phone? And his mother's like, don't worry. Richard always thinks thinks he he her brings mother trudy's yes mother. sorry trudy's mother goes richard always brings things he thinks he can fit into if he loses 10 pounds 
Like, let me go grab them. And I'm like, who brings clothes that don't fit them on a vacation for a few days? Like, I understand keeping things in your closet where you're like, someday it's you and me, baby. But like, bringing those things that don't fit you on vacation that just happen to fit the man your daughter kidnapped is a very, very strange thing. No one wants memories of the mishaps, okay? You leave that stuff at home and you cross those bridges later okay it's just impractical also if this is the family's like vacation home then just say that there's stuff that he has here that he used to be able to fit into once again like an easily like solvable like equation why complicate it by like making this weird world where like richard thinks he's going to be able to fit into a pair of size 32 slacks like (laughs) just say oh we got boxes of stuff here rich we we, we've got clothes that 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 have been here for years richard probably you know has some stuff that he can't even fit into that you that you love anything (laughs) it's so fucking weird i know dave it's not their home but they rented it but i'm but give make it their home like but like it's just all it takes is a quick rewrite so that that fucking makes sense exactly yeah and nobody was on that shit Nobody was on it. They were all like, we're going to let it, we're going to let it stand. Also, there's this moment where I actually felt really bad for the David character. I mean, most of the movie I did. But there's a moment where, (laughs) there's a moment where, like, he's in this Ikea, uh, he's in this Ikea, like, uh, they're in this like Ikea bunk uniform that, like, David and oh. Trudy are sleeping in. And he's like climbing out of the bed, which by the way, I mean, it is, it's shaken. It's it's shaken. This is not solid <laughs> furniture. This was meant for children. But he's climbing out of this top bunk, trying not to wake up Trudy. Um, you know, trying not to wake up Killa. And he gets out of the bunk and then he gets in he and then he just he's like, I'm gonna walk it, which like he would have died. But he's like, 100%. I'm gonna basically like I'm re- I'm willing to risk death to not be in this house that I don't want to be in. Um, which by the way, once again, opportunity, I would have gone into the parents' room. I mean, they're Republicans, so they probably have guns, but I would have gone in there anyway and hope they didn't shoot me to just be like, let me out. Like, I need to go. I'm not Yeah, joking. you don't understand. This is not said a joke. This is a, a sexy game, but, but the jig's it's up. not. Like, I don't know why you won't, why nobody. You know what we're re- Yeah, you know, she said this was a you sexy game. If, it really was... turned me on. Give me a fucking cell phone. Nothing hot. Also, like, it wouldn't be, like, it. Ugh, I wouldn't let people go to bed. I wouldn't be like, let's all turn in for that. I'd be like, I gotta go! <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I gotta get out of here. Like, this is yeah. a day, but like, your daughter's like, you're just a fucking psychopath. I gotta get out of here. And so yeah. he like, he takes off, he's out on the road. Trudy like gets in the car and drives out. Like, and she's like, she's trying to convince him to get in the car. This is supposed to be a moment of like humanity or sweetness for her. But it's I also like, it. I mean, this is the least you can do. But once again, right. I mean, let's get you in the car to like, per, to for like more of the same sort of like, vi- like violence that has been happening to you to continue to like unfurl. And we get him back to the house. And I mean, he's here with the family. The grandmother, played by the icon, June Lockhart, shows up. Um, it seems like, I don't know, June maybe had like some SAG dues or something this year, <laughs> but she agreed to do it. Um, but also, they don't know what to do. The grandmother character is really a peculiar one because it's like... So peculiar. So it, un- weirdly it feels, utilized. It feels kind of like... Like, at first it feels like she's a grandmother who's, like, disgruntled and, like, doesn't want to, like, be here. Mm-hmm. But then at a certain point, it feels kind of like grandmother um, maybe dealing with, like, a deteriorating, like, state of, like, sort of, like, 
awareness dementia yeah Yeah, dementia because it's like at a certain point at first it's like oh grandma likes to drink oh grandma like is kind of disgruntled to be here and then at a certain point her behavior sort of does this weird shift where like she's like she runs out to the car and she's like i'm gonna take the car and get out of here and and there's been jokes and bits where it's like she you know the family's like what are we gonna do and she's like well i'm gonna drink to try and like stomach all of you and it's like (laughs) okay uh, okay like june my car go off but then it's like she gets the keys and she runs out to the car and then she like backs the car up into like an embankment outside of the home and they have to like rest like not rescue her but they kind of they have to get her out of the car and yeah. then it's like, there's a series of events where it's like the grandmother seems to be confused about what's going on and it's like why was this the angle like let's just go with the angle of her being like disgruntled and like hating all of this i also thought that we were going to get um it felt like if we're doing like a family style sort of like abc family movie i felt like we were going to get a moment where the grandmother like sees sort of what's happening and like has a wisdom moment with her granddaughter where she sits her down and she's like he seems like a good guy he reminds me of your grandfather like you know right we used to go go at it too you know that's a good sign of like a long you know a long-standing marriage because you know what it means it means that any you know what it means it means anybody worth fighting for is worth loving you know, or something like right, exactly, right in commonplace. But we love it in these movies. Like I just exactly. wanted to have a moment where we're like, oh, she's not all like sort of a hard exterior, but they seem to veer towards like she doesn't know what's going on, and then lean into that in a way that was not useful at all to advancing any stories or any. Relationships it didn't do anything. I did. It, the, I think the one moment that caught that that it helped facilitate was like. Um, Mario Lopez runs into the car and sits in the passenger seat before she like reverses it into like when she's like absconding from like the property. Yeah, exactly. And he gets out of the car and Melissa Joan Hart is there and she's like, I thought you weren't going to try to escape anymore. He's like, I wasn't trying to escape. Like I wanted to make sure your grandmother's okay. And it's like showing that like he's decided to stay and he's in it with her or whatever which again is just another unbelievable fucking situation anyways but like i feel like that was the only thing that that moment showed which like we didn't need because there were other moments like that too so also it it was like a missed opportunity for the for like her and maybe like the david character to have like a sweet moment together where totally my granddaughter's a firecracker just like just like i was you know but she's got as big a heart as she does a mouth you right. know, like something like that. It's just a lot of moments that if I was writing a cheesy ABC family movie, I'd know what the what the what the task was. Right. And exactly. Like, We're going to lean into some of these because Jane brought up an interesting point, which we hadn't talked talk, touched on completely yet, which is the fact that at a certain point in the movie, there's this shift with the David character. And he says mm-hmm. to her, you know what? I'm going to give over. I'm going to I'm going to help you you know, convince your parents that I am your fiance. And then that'll make it all the worse when they find out that I'm not. It'll like, and I was like, you know what? Fine. Like, you know, torment her. Well, I thought to myself, will it really? Instead, like, will it? If it was me, I'd be like, if that was my child, I'd be like, I don't know if that would like hurt more. I, I don't I'd know. Be like, but... I'd be like, yeah, well, like, it, like I'm going to give over and I'm going to be the dream fiance that these people have like so desperately wanted you to have. And then when I, when it's revealed that I'm not that thing, I, what I actually mm-hmm. thought a little bit was like, this is probably going to make it more difficult maybe when you're trying to make your case to the police later on. That That's what I, that's what I know. thought too. But, because as a victim in that situation, I thought like, 
I would never give over to that because I wouldn't ever want anyone to question, like, you know. You don't want them case. to go back and be like, oh, my God, but we were having so much fun playing Parcheesi. And yeah, exactly. But it doesn't matter because he's like, but as all of this is happening and he's sort of putting on the performance, as he says, of like the doting boyfriend, like obviously love begins to bloom between these two. And there's all sorts mm -hmm. of little quirky moments. We also get a moment that I want to talk about of them outside and her ice skating for um david they go to this gazebo which is dave noted was built on like an icy like an iced over lake i guess it was what it looks like an iced it, over I, lake it's on the property isn't i mean it? It, but but it would have to be in order for her to be ice skating on it it seems like there's yeah. a sort of iced over lake that she's ice skating on top of she's doing mm -hmm. tricks and double axles and all this stuff and there's a gazebo in the middle of it. And Dave was like, what is this? And I was like, I don't know. Because it's like, what is this structure that you built it's on top of this? the weirdest like... setup. And the only thing weirder than the setup is the ice skating sequence. Where this camera, it couldn't be blurrier. Like, they are doing everything they can. Until the very end, actually. Where they sort of, like, show their hand a little bit. But this actress, whoever they brought in to do these sequences, is not Melissa Joan Hart. Her hair no! is thicker and longer. <laughs> And apparently she was like, I'm not cutting the, I'm not cutting the locks for this one. This is a day. This is day work, baby. You got to pay the big bucks to get me to cut it. Like, or put I'm, me in a wig or something. Wig me. And maybe this it, was the best, probably was the wig and it probably was the best I'm one they sure. had. Yeah. Um, but this double, this like double for <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart is, is just they, a fully, whole fully different adult woman. And they do focus on her at the end where it's like, yeah. you held the camera on her a little too long because yeah. we can see, like, we can see this is a fully different person. <laughs> In the words of JoJo, it's just a little too late at that point because it's like, we've seen enough. Okay. And like, not like we didn't know it wasn't her anyway, as we watched like, as we, I was going to sell Alfonso Ribeiro. As we watch Mario Lopez stare down lovingly as she, like, does all of her, like, really fancy, like, skating routines around this gazebo that he's standing in the middle of. And I guess this is supposed to be a moment where their love story unfurls. This, and then, like, the moment with, like, the Oreo cookies where we find out that, like, Mario is a dipper and she's a twister. Oh, um, my God. Jane, which are you? Are you a dipper or a twister? Um... I I would do both, I think. Um, yeah, I don't really have a preference. What about you? I think I think by and large I'm a dipper. Um I like, I, like I, I don't drink a ton of milk and I don't always have like milk in the house. So like if I'm I, having Oreos. We always have like, like almond milk around though. Like Yeah, yeah, we do too. But I but that's not like good. I wouldn't I would want to dip it in like you know, like whole milk or something, oh, you know? Okay. Yeah. Big milk. You got a, you got a friend in Jane. Um, so yeah, it's no, like, go off. Go it's the like, fuck off, Jane. Like dipping my fucking Oreos in almond milk? Like, no, Ugh, thank you. Whatever. So, so all of this, and while this is happening, we, we should mention that like at one point, our character, Mario Lopez he does manage to get his hands on a phone, a phone yes. that belongs to, it, he, he basically stumbles upon the phone and then he gives her, he, he calls home. No, it's, it's the brother's phone. And he's it's like, Jake, Hey, can I Jake, use your the phone? Brother, the, Jake, yeah. the brother has a cell phone and he lets Mario use it. And Mario goes into the bathroom and he finally gets through to his girlfriend um, who has been wondering where he was and thought that he just sort of like ran out on her and he tells her about what's going on and so she sort of gets like the ball rolling in like on the other side of things and we actually have like um 
there's a funny moment <laughs> oh my god there's a hold on one second there's a funny moment when the okay there's a funny moment that Dave actually noted when she's like, she's trying to basically, she's doing like the sleuthing and she's doing the footwork of trying to, which is like, honestly, we're not supposed to like her, but she's actually like a pretty like likable character because she's like kind of a little bit obnoxious and probably a little bit like full of herself, but like she's didn't kidnap them. So like, we're yeah, sort so of, like she, she's definitely also I do want to talk about we'll we'll finish this thing about her girlfriend, but I do want to talk about the likability of the Moses Joan Hart character, but we'll go oh, into God. that afterwards. Yeah. Um, so there's a moment where his girlfriend is sort of going around and she goes to the police station because she's looking for her man. And the police officer says, because she goes into the police station and she's yelling and she's looking for him. And the police officer <laughs> yeah. goes, Let me guess, domestic disturbance? Basically, to me, what that means is, and Dave and I noted, um, let me guess, like, there's a man somewhere that, like, has potentially, like, put his hands on you because I, it was noxious. It was the, I, I could not believe that line. I sat there and paused it and rewound it. And I was like, no, no, no. He says that. He says, let me guess, domestic disturbance, i.e. did some ma- did some man fucking attack you because you got mouthy? And I was just like, un-fucking believable. If it wasn't fuck the police before, it's fuck the police now. <laughs> like <laughs> And um we're we're coming for ABC family. We see what you're we see we see the rhetoric <laughs> that you are partaking in. Um <sighs> Also, you wanted it. you wanted to talk about the how much you loved the Melissa Joan Hart character, didn't you say? Oh well, <laughs> actually, it's sort of the I I don't want to alarm you, but it is sort of the opposite. So oh, one of okay. <laughs> one of the thing I mean, first of all, aside from the fact that like she commits a felony, kidnaps a person, and you know holds him against his will at her parents' house and. Um, you know, uses her family to gaslight him into thinking that like he's the one in the wrong, um, and he should be on board and participating in all the you know Christmas cheer. Besides all of that, she and when he's like supposed to be falling in love with her, she does so many fucking obnoxious things. Like she acts like a fucking six year old. Like at one point she's like, my family likes you more than they like me. And it's like, girl, isn't that what you want? Like, aren't you bringing home somebody so that your family likes him? And like, at one point they, they ask him to put the angel on top of the tree and she like essentially stomps her foot and she's like, Hey, that's my thing. I put the angel on top of the tree. Don't you remember daddy? It started when I was four and you held me and, and at the top of the tree and I put the angel on and that's me. And they were like, okay, well like it's time to start a new tradition. And she's like, whatever. And then like she, and then they want him to read the night before twas the night before christmas on christmas eve and she throws another fit about him doing that and it's just like and then she and then there's another point she stands by the window and she talks about her greatest memory is her parents is like when her um 
skating recital got like snowed out so her parents like iced down the driveway so she could do her own solo show and she talks about how everyone's eyes were on her and she felt so special and I just thought like this girl (laughs) like is a narcissist or like has so many issues about like needing to be the center of attention and like I can't imagine how as a person who is kidnapped on top of that you're falling in love with this person I don't get it well a lot of this movie also she's still got that like that permed like (laughs) Annie hair as well so that should be noted but then like there's a moment too that sort of like or like signal to you that like this is a behave this is like a pattern that has been in place for a long time with regards to her because like there are these mo- there's a moment where like and i and it's for a different reason that she's like worried about like david they they need somebody to go to the store and david volunteers obviously an opportunity for him to get away mm-hmm. and the mother says oh your dad will go with you it'll give the men a chance to bond and then she throws this fit and she starts <laughs> stomping up and down and then her mother goes trudy and it's like so like her and like tantrums are just like sort of like intertwined like you can't have one without the other like this is how she's sort of like dealing with like the world is like through tantrums and through fits and this is what she does when she doesn't get her way so and like she's supposed to be 27 like it's like what are you doing girl yeah what are you doing you are wild you're out of control your mother also seems to be like she's not happy about it but she also isn't like confused or bewildered like she seems to understand that like this is what you do um and it's like one of those moments where you're like is it the family um because it's like there's a lot of those moments where it's like you seem to be more insufferable than your family is yeah exactly yeah it's really weird it's like her and her sister have this weird relationship that they don't really spend time defining but like we just know that her sister's younger and like more bendy i guess there's like we get like these weird shots of her sister like bending in like really odd places and it doesn't completely make sense it's like her sister in like jeans and a sweater like doing these like really like deep stretches? like stretches stretches yeah. and bends and it's just odd. I think they're trying to prepare us for later also the sister character has no story arc but they're no. trying to prepare us for later when we find out that she has in fact dropped out of law school the sister and yeah the sister has in fact dropped out of law school and um started a pull studio and she uses her dad's money to do that like he thinks he's sending her money for tuition for law school but she just uses it to put a down payment on a pilates studio and i was like oh okay that's stealing you that's stealing from your parents like you can't just do that no <laughs> like, and we i mean we find out all of these like secrets that everybody has and we find out about her sister so i mean they're sort of breaking down and dismantling this idea of like the perfect family um, right. because we've got her sister doing that and then we've got the son you know deigning to be a homosexual yeah um, which is it's, like it's such a like it's that's like such a like go-to for just like disappointing like less parents. now <laughs> but just like yeah like that's such a that's such a like used trope in these movies it's like if you think things are bad for you i suck dick <laughs> exactly and it's like you thought you were the black sheep well guess what <laughs> i love to get railed by my friend ryan well guess what <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
And so, like, that's, like, part of Trudy reconciling the fact that, like, you know, she's Nobody's not the only... Yeah, she's not the only one who's taking a different path or whatever. That's better words than nobody's perfect, because that implies <laughs> that there's something wrong with her homosexual brother. Um, <laughs> you know, or a sister for having a dream, which, by the way, that's not the issue. What Jane was referring to is the fact that she's using her father's money to fund it, but it also is, like, there were so many questions that arise from that, because, like, what are you doing? Are you, like, actively paying for a Pilates studio right now? Or are you right. like, but, but also when she, when the sister reveals at the family dinner where everybody sort of lays their cards on the table that she, that she's dropped out of school. It's, she says, I dropped out of school six months ago. So like she's so in the dad's like, well, you're going to go back. And it's like, not six months later. She's not <laughs> what like, she didn't <laughs> talk to somebody. She didn't say I dropped out last week. She said, <laughs> I dropped out of school half a year ago. Like, that's, and, like, you got to take another entrance exam or whatever. Like, don't you? Or, like, also, get in or apply like, again. Yeah, it's a whole... Yeah, you've got to talk to the dean. It's also, like, the dean's office, at least. It's also funny because her brothers at, also says that he's been in... He's broke up with his girlfriend six months ago. Um, So, apparently, yeah, half so, a year ago, the Chandler people... kids were <laughs> making decisions and rearranging things in their lives. Um, and Trudy didn't get the memo. Because it's... <laughs> It's also funny because it's like, it seems like her her brother really wants to have this relationship with her. And they all seem to live in the same place. But, like, apparently they haven't had much of a relationship. Right. Um, it's also funny, too, because, like, we don't get, like, that moment of, like, the Melissa Joan Hart character, like, affirming her brother. She's just no. sort of okay with it. But it instantly sort of becomes about her and what it yep. means for her that, like, her brother's gay. Which is just, mm-hmm. like, I love that, like even in this moment, they want to make sure that we remember that, like, this is a narcissistic person who does not, like, value, like, you know, her siblings and, like, their needs. And, like, she's she's instantly so thinking true. about what this means for, like, for her if her brother comes out now. Because he says, like, oh, I think I'm going to say it, like, at Christmas dinner. I'm going to tell everybody. And instead of being, like, I support you, I'm there for you, like, I will, you know, back you up and be there for you, she just laughs. I'm thinking if I told my sister I was gonna come out at Christmas dinner and she laughed at me, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I'll wait because I don't feel like I have the fucking support right now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you're rooting for me, Um, right? And so, and also in the midst of all of this, by the way, we also have the David character deciding to propose to Trudy. Oh my God, um, so because, wild. Because David, as we mentioned earlier, has the ring that he was going to propose to his girlfriend with. Jessica. Jessica. And so he has it on him still. And like, there's a moment in the movie where like Trudy's like, in, like her parents are sort of weirdly because these characters, I don't think they did enough job of writing like overbearing parent characters because it mm-hmm. feels like at a certain point they decided like, okay, we need to remember that these parents are supposed to be really fucking obnoxious. Because it's like, who are these... What you're thinking at the beginning of this movie is like, who are these parents that have created an environment so hostile that their daughter is willing to, to like, kidnap someone at gunpoint exactly. in order to evade questions about, like, her singleness in the world? Like, 100%. what does it mean? And then we get these two, and they're actually, like, fine. I mean, they're a little overbearing, but not to a degree that you would think there was not the possibility of, like discussions about like her 
and her life choices and like i feel like at a certain point in the movies in the movie everything ramps up and like the parents become sort of different people and they're all of a sudden become these ideas of like these parents (laughs) that want a particular kind of life for their child and there's a moment where they're where they're both like like sort of like really laying it on thick with her and mm-hmm. it's sort of like what are you gonna do what's your life gonna be and it sort of comes and her father cho- chooses to scream at her about this while they're opening cre- presents on christmas he's like so you gotta get your head out of the clouds and it's like uh, okay this is where was this energy two days ago when it wasn't actively christmas you know what i mean like <laughs> Like, it's, why do we need to do this right now at this moment? And why yeah. we never, we've never needed to do it apparently as much as we needed to do it right now as I'm opening <laughs> up these tube socks. So go off, dad. Um, but like, he's also, it's funny because it's like, it doesn't seem like her parents are bankrolling her life either. Like, it seems no, like, it seems like she's is supporting herself. herself. Yeah. So it's like, what like what leg do you what dog do you have in this race at this point? Exactly. But they're like, or in this fight. What dog do you have in this fight? I think that's what it is. Anyway, <laughs> the point is that like as all of this is happening, David decides, like, I know what I can do to make this better. And at this point, we're to believe that David has begun the process of falling in love with Trudy. Mm-hmm. And he takes out the ring that he had prepared to propose to his girlfriend with, and like of his own volition proposes to trudy in front of her family just <sighs> upping the ante in this masquerade for no reason um for no reason it, again making the, the story way more complicated to the police <laughs> like yeah it's like it yeah it definitely like it, it ends the argument because now she's marrying a successful real estate developer so i guess that's good and so no questions of her personal development need be asked anymore. Because exactly. Now got because it. she has a man to take care of her. So we don't have to worry about her and her art and her, mm-hmm. her diner work. Mm-hmm. So this is all happening. And uh, Trudy says yes, of course, because why not add on to a messy situation, a little <laughs> bit more mud. Um and yeah and the grandmother this was the moment where she gets proposed to she's showing everyone the ring and there's a moment where you see the grandmother in sort of like the family members but she's sort of standing in the back and she looks a little bit upset and i thought that this scene was going to be followed by the grandmother pulling her aside and either being like i know he's not really yours but you know you know sometimes things start out fake and they become real sweetie or something (laughs) but it actually had nothing to do with anything the grandmother was prepared to add nothing to the conversation and she, she was plotting her escape um But then we have like that family dinner that Jane mentioned where we find out about the sister, you know, taking the money from the dad and like committing a crime. Well, we Um, need to talk about what Melissa Joan Hart is wearing this Christmas dinner because it is egregious. She and like and you you, she's a moment where she's looking at herself in the mirror and you could not tell her a goddamn thing. She is so pleased with this. Outfit that she's put together. I don't actually know so how to describe bad. this outfit because it was like I'd never seen anything like it. It was like this black dress, and then there's like this white top, but then over it she's wearing like this black, like short sleeve bolero jacket. <laughs> and it's so awful. And then her hair is like really like teased up, and she's got like a black bow, a large black bow on the side of it. It's just like it's not good and it's so fucking weird and like she has this moment where she's looking at herself in the mirror being like wow (laughs) and i just was like girl you look ridiculous (laughs) like i 
<laughs> celebrating her love. She was really she like, was. I did it. You can say a lot of things about me. What you can't <laughs> but- say about me is that I can't turn a look. And I'm sure in 2007, this was the fucking moment, but it is not in 2022. But is there any, like, is there any safer sort of environment to try a look than, like, the family dinner with your immediate family? Where, like, you're like... Not in my family. My sister would be like, what are you doing? My mom would, yeah, my mom would be like that, too. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm saying that. I come from, yeah, a family that is brutal. And, <laughs> and everybody wants to like let you know if something doesn't look right my, my brother's family, what they like my brother is- my brother is the only person who would be nice about it my sister would be like what are you doing my uh my mother would be like oh that's interesting sweetie okay okay <laughs> it's like i know what that means <laughs> My, one of my family's favorite things to do is if something is ill-fitting, they like to touch you where it doesn't fit properly. Oh my god, that is horrible! I'm like, okay. And then you get like a tap on your butt. And it's like... Got it! Okay, <laughs> oh, I... So, I guess these don't fit like I thought they did. So I don't know what the reaction would have been if I came out in this this outfit that was specifically made for MJH. Um, <laughs> maybe or maybe something that was left over from the Drive Me Crazy uh, set. Video shoot. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't doing what it's driving me crazy in the It's wrong driving <laughs> me crazy. A movie, by the way, I also have never seen. But I will say, but I do remember the video because I remember I did watch the making the video of Britney Spears doing the, um, doing the not the pitter patter of of the typewriter of the um the keyboard typewriter i'm old um <laughs> but i do remember the making of the drive me crazy video with britney spears where she popped iconic i was iconic like, in that green... some light work really quick let me go ahead and make y'all a bop for this movie in that um, green leather top nope. i'll never forget it was like it, a, it was like a it was a tube top right it, I, I think it did have straps, but it was like structured like a tube top, and then I think it had thick, um, like thick leather straps as well. If I remember it was a properly. moment, and then and then Melissa Joan Hart made the cameo. Remember? Yes, and they both had like crimped hair. Oh my god, that was like was when a, crimp, crimping was back for a minute. It was a, it was a vibe. Um, but yeah, this is not that movie. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> we have so like there- all. Yeah, so they're all sitting down to dinner. They're all feeling themselves, becoming themselves. The mother, like, freaks out and is like, I want better from my husband. I wish I didn't have to picture Clint Eastwood to get through our annual birthday sex. Like, (laughs) her and the husband are going back and forth. And then Dave said, why Clint Eastwood? And I thought, yeah, even in, like, 07, there's so many other people you could have picked. George Clooney, anybody. Grand Torino era. Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood in full get off my lawn fantasy. <laughs> that was doing it for for Mama Marky. Um, remember when Clint Eastwood like talked to an empty chair or something? Yeah, and it was supposed to be like, some sort of political statement. Had that happened yet? I don't think so at this point. Okay, well, so, either way, I mean, it probably had happened like at home alone. But he hadn't <laughs> taken it to like the larger public yet. He was still workshopping it. 
Either way, I just can't believe she, I can't believe Clint Eastwood is the one who's like significantly older than her husband anyways, too. I mean, not that, you know, AJ, nothing but a number, unless of course it's illegal, but um, then it's a very significant number. (laughs) We'd be giving this million dollar baby back, let's just say that. Um, But yeah, is she significantly older than her husband, by the way? Did you like look that up? No, 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 I'm saying Clint Eastwood is significantly oh, older than oh. her husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, weird, it's a weird scene and, like, these two going at it. But it's followed up by the doors busting open <laughs> and the cops showing up. The same cops from the city that have been doing this, like, half-assed investigation into the disappearance of David Martin. They show up at this house with guns blazing. And Granny <laughs> goes and gets her musket. And... <laughs> She's white, so they didn't shoot her. Mm-hmm. But there's. I also moment. noticed that everybody around the table seemed very relaxed with all these cops and their draw their guns. Yeah, down. and Granny got her gun, and then like mm-hmm. David is the one who sort of gets up and goes over and like comforts her. She's sort of, and this is the moment that it's like, if you didn't know what was going on with Granny, we now know that like things aren't one hundred. Um, yeah, and like she sort of like looks really. It's kind of sad. She looks really confused, and then she sort of like turns into like the mario lopez character and he sort of puts his arm around her and she like needs to be comforted because she's working through something that i think is bigger than this movie was prepared to tackle (laughs) absolutely we're watching like the deterioration of a beloved family member but that's not the main event here (laughs) it's like we're watching the realization of like something very serious that like the patriarch of this family is going through and like they are they refuse to deal with it and so, we're just te- we're treating it as like a quirky like Cloris Leachman moment. And it's like so we it get is like way more than that. It's deeper. <laughs> These still waters run deep, and we give her like a really quick moment where she's like, "I don't know where I'm at. Like I don't know what's going on. I am it's at the very like- least like lightly acquainted with reality, but I'm holding a weapon and I'm pointing it at a group of like officers, and I'm scared and confused. It's like <laughs> it's a moment like if you're gonna open this door, the, then, like, like be prepared, be prepared to, to walk through it. Yeah, <laughs> but like don't like open up a door with like a light smattering of like with a with crippling si- disease. And with six minutes left in the movie, it's not enough time they to unpack this. Desire <laughs> to talk about it, they're just like, "Look at this! Look at Granny with this gun! Look at look at Granny grappling with the disappearance, the progressive disappearance of reality. Look the at her ten- holding a weapon with cops pointing guns back at her. Like, let's look at her on. Let's look at her like." teetering at the threshold of death's door and let's see what's going to take her first is it going to be one of these cops blowing her head off or is it going to be the The dementia that has defined a generation like they are ill prepared and unequipped unequipped to answer that question and there's a scene earlier in the movie where one of the cops like is like they're trying to get information with regards to like what's going on with like they're trying to locate david and they go to the home of melissa joan hart's character trudy's best friend and Mm. she's like having some weird like tickle pickle moment (laughs) with like her like boyfriend and he's dressed up like her name's lucy she's dressed up like mrs claus he's dressed up like a gift and like they're sitting having this conversation with the cops and like she goes on this like little mini monologue about like men and how they drive you crazy 
Um, but in the midst of this, the cop says, yeah, if you don't give us the information that we want, then you're going to get arrested for like aiding and abetting. And it's like, like, okay, like I, you barely got a case. Yeah, um, exactly. But they're trying um, to pressure her to give information she really doesn't have. And then right. like later on in the movie, after this whole showdown with the cops, um, the whole family's arrested. Like everybody yeah. goes to jail for no reason. Um, and they're all in the same holding cell. And I'm like, that wouldn't same- happen. Holding shell, holding cell, and then the cops. They might like, all be questioned, but they're not in a cell. You know no, what I mean? They're all in the cell together, and the cops come. They like, okay, you've been released. Like basically, like David has decided not to like char- press charges, so they're all released. And then like the grandmother goes to leave, and the cop is like, no, no, except you. <laughs> and it's like, for the love of God, <laughs> can we show grace. Can can you let this woman live out the sunset of her life? <laughs> like, can we show a bit of grace to a member of America's greatest generation, please? <laughs> like she grappled with the bleak realities <laughs> of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Like we know, you know, based on that conversation that happened, where she curled up in the arms of him and she was like, "I'm so confused." Like you know. <laughs> That something is not going correctly here. You, you know can't that keep that's her. And then the rest of the family fucking leaves her. Nobody's like, hold on, are, hold on, hold on. <laughs> they're gone. You expect like the Marky Post character, who, by the way, her name is listed as Mom Chandler. I like that they didn't even bother to give her, <laughs> give a, her a name. Well, when Mom C, she takes off. This is her mother. And you'd expect mm-hmm. a moment of her being like, oh, I can't leave my mother. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you 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 feel like it's gonna be like one of those Sally Field moments, and she's gonna tell him, "Not without my mother, baby." Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, she slips right out. She takes that opening, and she's like, <laughs> that, "There's still ham to be eaten." Like your mother <laughs> is not well. Your Somebody geriatric mother, like, Somebody is step up in prison we've, or jail. We've moved outside of kooky grandma territory, <laughs> and we need to get her some help. This she's. But, crying out for it with family like this i tell you um (laughs) and then we take to the streets and we get the moment where jessica gets to meet trudy for the first time and she's none too pleased nor should she be no Um, and i wouldn't be either i'd be like oh you're the how are you free (laughs) i I actually thought jessica was gonna dog walk her i was like she's gonna she's gonna really like put it to her but instead she just gave her that disapproving up and down look and she was Mm -hmm. like that's the outfit you're wearing um (laughs) and uh yeah and then we find out that trudy's sort of uh, maybe not gotten the help that she needs but she's doing okay she's got yeah again six six months later she gets a gallery show not six months later it's it is it's valentine's Oh, I don't know why they I say valent. They say Valentine's. I think. Oh, unless I'm okay. making that up. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. You're right. So it's like a couple months later, she gets a show at a gallery for one mm-hmm. painting. It gets purchased by none other. Big D. Then David. Big D. David, because he's not done, and he did not marry Jessica. And. Then they like meet on a rooftop and he like bought her a gallery. They don't or meet on the rooftop. She's going in her car and she's getting in her <laughs> oh, yeah. car. And in a- oh, yeah. This is what happens. I forgot. In a cute sort of like <laughs> reversal, he basically kidnaps her. He wraps he, her. He like. 
He wraps like a scarf around her head, and she's compl- by the way, when he's kidnapping her, she just she's not screaming, she's just going, Hey, hey, hey. I would be I would be uh, fighting for my goddamn she life. Probably, she probably saw him out of the corner of her eye and she was like, I'm gonna give over to it. Yeah, I um, guess so. But he drags her to this rooftop that is full of like lit up Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. And um basically they decide to have this relationship built on like trauma. And yeah. uh that's it. I mean, that's the story. That's that's uh, the end of it. They get together, I guess. <laughs> Even though, as a viewer, you kind of think, God, I don't know if I could... I, could, I couldn't co-sign this, no. Yeah, it would be tough. <laughs> but that is 2007's Holiday in Handcuffs. Wow. Well, Bran, yes, I got Jane. a couple I got a couple cues for you. You get two. Okay. All right. Number one. Would you watch this beautiful cinematic movie again? I would, yeah. Good. (laughs) It's so entertaining. Number two. This is our last holiday pick, and I'm wondering... Do... Or this... Not this upcoming, but this is our... Let me do that again. (laughs) Because that was confusing. Number two. Do you have a movie for us to dive into next week? You know, it's funny that you asked that question. I do oh. have a movie for us to dive in next week. I was sort of going back and forth about how I wanted to tackle all of this. Classic you. And where I... Whoa, okay. I'll <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that as hurtful. I, I just meant, you know, you put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> I decided that I was going to take us, um, you know, back to... Uh, Back to some to like a a film that I think you will actually really enjoy. Ooh, um, I, okay. We're gonna start out the year watching the 1960 <gasps> uh, classic, uh, The Apartment. Wow, we're going way way back in 2023. We are, we are. Why not, right? I love it. Well, I. I'm obviously looking forward to it. Really excited to have our first movie of the new year. Um, I know nothing about it, but I have heard of it. I have heard of The Apartment, but I just don't know anything about it. Um, So, yeah. Well, thank you to all of you listeners for making it to the end with us. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, We hope you watch the movie Holiday in Handcuffs if you haven't seen it already, because it is a great watch, even though it is ridiculous. Um, If you want to keep up with us during the week, um, in between episodes, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed. And we love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for The Apartment. Bye. 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 Feel you.
Like she said, your bedroom game <laughs> was laughable. 